Ladies and gentlemen, on your behalf, I am pleased to introduce today's speaker. We are all reaching across borders to make connections, close deals, and discover new destinations. Increasingly, we are taking to the skies to work, explore, and play. Statistics from the International Air Transport Association show a continued upward trajectory for global passenger travel. International travel, travel routes continue to outpace domestic markets in most categories. Asia, Europe, North America, the Middle East, and Latin America, airlines and airline partnerships are clamoring for market share in an intensely competitive airspace. Enter Air Canada, our nation's venerable airline. Coming off record third quarter results, the corporation is set to release fourth quarter and year-end results next week. We are anxious to see how much of an impact December storms and resulting after-effects had on the bottom line. Air Canada has worked hard at becoming one of the world's largest airlines. It is the only international network carrier in North America to receive a four-star ranking. It is in the midst of a major transformation, an expanded fleet of aircraft, enhanced route offerings, and plans for a global hub here in Toronto are the key highlights. Mr. Kalen Rovanescu, President and CEO, has his sights set on making Air Canada the carrier of choice for air travel. He's taken the airline to new heights since taking the helm in 2009. And since November 2012, he has also served as chairman of the Star Alliance Chief Executive Board. Star Alliance represents 27 member airlines. He also serves as a member of the Board of Governors of IATA and will become its chairman in June. Before I relinquish the podium, I want to let our live audience know that Mr. Rovanescu has graciously agreed to take questions from the audience. Please fill out the Q&A cards at each of your tables, and a staff member will be by to collect them. And now, Mr. Rovanescu, the Canadian Club of Tor uh, Toronto's podium, Canada's podium of record, is yours. Thank you very much, uh, Gordon, for that uh, very generous uh, introduction. And I think you, you set the, uh, the table well, because you talk about... Uh, our ambitions uh, as a gateway for the world. And, uh, you know, we, our head office is in Montreal, but our hub is in Toronto. And I often get the question from, uh, from friends of Mars and business colleagues in Montreal, why is Toronto getting more traffic? What is it that, uh, what is it that Toronto has that we don't have? We have the Formula One, we have the Jazz Fest, we have Old Montreal, we have Just for Laughs, what is it that you have? And of course, the answer nowadays is the Rob Ford Follies. <laughs> he said, but, you, but on the other hand, you know, uh, we have interesting, uh, interesting corruption uh, trials going on here on a daily basis on television. It provides good humor. An occasional mayor or two or three who resigns and at least one uh, dragged away in handcuffs. What is it that we don't have? And I said, well, guys, Jamaican Patois impressions, uh, we don't have that. Late night talk shows, you can't, you can't underscore the importance from a tourism perspective of having your city constantly in the limelight on the late night talk shows. Or a fishbowl of delicious uh, partying at uh, City Hall, uh, this, you know, jaywalking, this is not stuff that you see. So I think Toronto has, uh, you know, we've... Uh, been very grateful to what has gone on in this in this uh, city in the last little while. It has certainly raised the uh, tourism profile. But although we do have one of the highest uh, 
profile brands in the country, I still find it, uh, people are surprised when it's pointed out just how global a company uh, Air Canada uh, really is. Despite our small uh, population uh, base, Air Canada is among the 20 largest carriers uh, in the world, and there's about 1,000 carriers in the world. We have 27,000 employees, enough to fill every seat in the Air Canada Centre, Roy Thompson Hall, the Sony Centre, and Massey Hall. Somebody actually did the calculation to make sure that that factoid was correct. And these employees are located all over the world. Our annual revenue now exceeds $12 billion. Each year we carry some 35 million uh, passengers around the world, the equivalent of every man, woman, and child in this country. Our fleet of 200, or 350 if you include our regional uh, partners, proudly bears our Maple Leaf uh, logo to 175 destinations on five continents. And counting our regional partners uh, that fly under the Air Canada Express banner, uh, we operate some 1,500 flights a day, meaning on average uh, somewhere in the world there's an Air Canada plane landing every minute of every day, of every month, of every year. Alors que nous sommes une très grande entreprise d'envergure internationale, notre plaque tournante principale et centre d'exploitation de réseau est ici à Toronto. Au total, Air Canada emploie directement 12 000 personnes, 12,000 people, 12 000 personnes dans la région de Grand Toronto. S'y ajoutent quelques 2200 personnes de plus, si on compte les employés de nos filiales en propriété exclusive, Vacances Air Canada et Air Canada Rouge, et de nos partenaires commerciaux d'Air Canada Express, dont Jazz et Sky Regional, qui exploitent des vols exclusivement pour Air Canada. De plus, nous soutenons quelques 8000 retraités ici à Toronto. This translates into a significant economic footprint here in Toronto, with annual salaries in the GTA alone of nearly a billion dollars. As well, we do business with hundreds of local suppliers, with uh, annual expenditures in Ontario exceeding $3 billion. So if you take the five to seven time multiplier that economists apply to aviation, this is their math, not mine, uh, our total economic impact in the province of Ontario would be in excess of $20 billion, including our own contribution to business and uh, tourism. Of course, we're also the airline that has the largest footprint here in Toronto in terms of passengers, frequencies, and connections. Together with our Air Canada Express uh, partners in Air Canada Rouge, we operate more than 240,000 flights a year from Pearson and carry about 18 million passengers. And this summer, uh, we'll serve 123 destinations from Toronto, including 52 internationally, 41 to the U.S., and 30 within Canada. While Canadian corporations are often criticized for lack of global ambition and for an overly conservative approach to investing, I'd like to submit that what we've been doing over the last several years is exactly the opposite. So today, I'll talk a little bit about Air Canada's strategy for global competitiveness, and how an airline that has had its share of challenges uh, that there is no doubt of can steadily reinvent itself and aspire to the mantle of a true high-performance global organization and play on the fields of the big leagues. When I spoke to one of the Canadian Chambers of Commerce in January of last year, the topic was uh, charting a better future. And I suggested that our transformation initiatives were about much more than just short-term survival in this uh, tough business. I referenced uh, Thomas Friedman, that many of you will know, the well-regarded uh, New York Times journalist, 
an author of The World is Flat, who had then written a brilliant piece in which he argued that for U.S. companies to win in the global arena, average simply wasn't good enough anymore in this brave new world. Indeed, it uh, simply isn't good enough to expect to do well just by showing up because of price and product knowledge that's available on the web, because of the immediacy of data, because of access to developing economies and highly skilled labor, because of intense competition for higher education, because of emerging markets' greater hunger, indeed uh, imperative, to succeed. The phrase average is over is particularly pertinent to us and the transformation that we have been undertaking to secure Air Canada's place as one of the world's preeminent international carriers and is a perfect uh, segue to a discussion around our strategy for global competitiveness. To win, you need several USPs, unique selling points, factors that distinguish you from the rest of the pack. And Canada and Air Canada have several. Firstly, you have to have the geography. Nous avons le territoire. C'est un important argument clé de vente. Notre pays est idéalement situé entre les principales régions du monde, soit l'Europe, l'Asie, l'Amérique du Sud et les États-Unis. La durée des vols entre le Canada et certaines régions de l'Asie, par exemple, est plus courte que celle des vols via les plaques tournantes américaines de Chicago ou de New York, et notre espace aérien est moins congestié. Deuxièmement, nous devons faire preuve d'excellence dans tous les aspects de nos activités. Le produit, le personnel, le matériel, le réseau. You must be excellent in product, staff, equipment and network. En tant qu'organisation, nous avons clairement indiqué en 2013 que nous ne tolérerons pas la médiocrité. Pour nous, d'être moyenne, c'est officiellement terminé. Depuis plusieurs années, nous nous efforçons d'améliorer tous les aspects de notre entreprise. Cela va du programme de réaménagement des cabines, qui a fait de nous les premiers transporteurs réseau en Amérique du Nord à proposer des photos-lits dans l'ensemble de notre parc aérien, jusqu'aux nombreuses initiatives novatrices mises en place dans les aéroports et à celles touchant au service à la clientèle et à la technologie, sans oublier une ponctualité, une fiabilité au départ accrue l'année dernière. Troisièmement, faire des dépenses en capital là où c'est nécessaire pour que les produits et la marque se distinguent. Spend on CapEx where it's needed and it's important to improve your profitability or your results. Essentiellement, du côté des dépenses en immobilisation, nous avons joint le geste à la parole. Nous avons investi massivement dans de nouveaux appareils afin d'améliorer notre bénéfice net en réduisant nos coûts de carburant et d'investir dans un produit de premier ordre pour l'avenir. Notre programme 787 représente un investissement au prix courant de près de 5 milliards de dollars et notre programme de 737 annoncé en décembre un engagement de bien plus de 6 milliards de dollars, également au prix courant. De plus, nous avons aussi acheté en 2013, au prix courant de 750 millions de dollars, cinq nouveaux 777 de Boeing avec une configuration à grande capacité qui se relevait extrêmement profitable sur certaines liaisons de forte demande. So more than $11 billion of capital has been committed by this company over the last several years, uh, including the December decision. $11 billion of capital that will stimulate the economy and that will drive uh, lots of other business decisions in, in consequence. 
The fourth uh, driver of a high-performance global organization is don't use external factors as excuses when things get tough. The airline industry is a challenging, tough, and some would say impossible business. As I mentioned, Air Canada transports 35 million people a year to various corners of the globe. If we estimate, on average, a minimum of five customer touch points per passenger, such as the booking process, the airport boarding process, the onboard in-flight flight operations process, baggage recovery from irregular operations, etc., that makes for a total of 175 million customer interactions each year. Lots of intervening factors can and do conspire to hamper an airline's performance, from weather to fuel price spikes to regulatory costs to reliance on third-party providers. But we will not permit outside forces to drag us back to average, be they legacy work rules, poor aviation or airport infrastructure or governance, excessive government taxes or parochial issues in any one region of the country. As we showed in 2013, we may not always like the cards that were dealt, but we'll play them to the best of our ability and uh, move on. Results make a big difference, and strong results an extremely big difference. Over the past year, we've reported some of our strongest results since our privatization in the late 1980s. Records were set in both the second and third quarters. In fact, in our third quarter, we reported our best adjusted net income and EBITDA in the corporation's history. For all of 2013, we had a load factor of nearly 83%, meaning our aircraft were on average 83% full system-wide, from the smallest regionals to the largest wide bodies, another record for the company. That we are successfully executing on our corporate uh, priorities and delivering on our commitment is being recognized by the financial community and investors. Since Air Canada returned to the S&P TSX index last year, our shares have outperformed the entire index, being the number one stock for all of 2013 in all industries, more than tripling in value over the year. We were also the leading stock among all North American airlines, with the exception of American Airlines that was in bankruptcy protection under Chapter 11 until the end of the year. I'm very proud of these results. And I cannot emphasize enough how they were only possible due to the hard work, dedication, and commitment of our leadership team and all Air Canada employees, many of whom are in the room here, as well as employees of our subsidiaries, uh, Rouge, and, and several of our uh, partners, regional partners. I know that uh, I saw walking in that uh, several of our pilots are here. And I, and I salute our wonderful uh, pilots, the work that they've done. Our flight attendants are here. Uh, I saw several of our regional partners here. And I think that uh, this celebration of 2013 uh, is, is well-deserved. But we cannot be complacent or average as issues continually arise in the airline industry. For example, some of you will have seen in the newspapers, the recent decline in the Canadian dollar relative to the U.S presents us with some interesting challenges to manage and also some opportunities to leverage. As part of our annual budgeting process, we forecasted some weakness in the Canadian dollar, although not to its current level. As a result, we got somewhat of a head start to look at ways of mitigating the exposure, such as additional cost reductions or revenue enhancement initiatives. We have also have over a billion dollars in U.S. revenues 
and a currency hedge position that will also absorb some of this exposure. Additionally, historically, the price of crude oil and the Canadian dollar have shown some reasonable level of correlation. We've seen some reduction in the price of WTI crude as the dollar has weakened. Also on the opportunity side, a lower Canadian dollar can in fact stimulate the economy as it's highly correlated to GDP growth, so it can support higher inbound traffic from the U.S. and the rest of the world, consistent with our international expansion strategy. You need a focused game plan, like any successful sports team. Be a high-performance organization, you need a solid game plan and the determination to stick with it, come what may, which is why at the start of our transformation, I challenged senior management to identify key corporate priorities to reach our goal of sustained profitability. I felt that it was essential that we articulate these simply and clearly. This was partly to enforce clarity of thought and also impose a disciplined approach on the leadership team, but it also had the added advantage of ensuring everyone in the company was attuned to the plan and understood the role in fulfilling it. We identified four basic priorities, not 40 or 400, four, that have now become our mantra. Indeed, I'd say that they're now imprinted on our corporate DNA. Cost transformation, culture change, customer engagement, and international growth. No catchy phrases such as slim or lean or Six Sigma, just words that 27,000 people can understand and sign on to. Make sure your foundation is rock solid. As with any structure, we started with a foundation. We implemented a cost transformation program aimed at achieving $500 million in annual non-labor cost savings and unit revenue improvements. Within three years, we exceeded our goal by more than $30 million, but that was just the beginning. We followed on our CTP success by modifying certain collective agreements to make our labor costs more competitive with other players who were taking significant share in some very important markets. Look after your employees and your retirees who have built the company. Air Canada prides itself on offering industry-leading employment terms and being a desirable employer that looks after its employees well. One of the attractive employment features at Air Canada since the beginning of time was the Air Canada Pension Plan, which is a defined benefit program established at a time when Air Canada was a crown corporation. Employees love the plan, and retirees and senior employees counted on it. There's no doubt, however, that our pension liabilities in the current context created a serious impediment to our progress. The plan had a solvency deficit that, with historically low interest rates, peaked at $4.4 billion. Over the past four years, uh, we have had three primary objectives for our plan. One, to ensure employees and retirees' pensions are secure. Two, to eliminate the solvency deficit. And three, to make the costs associated with maintaining it affordable, predictable, and stable. As some of you may have seen, we've made significant progress on all of these objectives. Indeed, last month, uh, we announced that based on preliminary estimates, the solvency deficit, which was nearly $3.7 billion, billion at the beginning of the year, is now projected to be in a small surplus position as at the end of the year. This is very positive news for many of our stakeholders. The elimination of the $3.7 billion deficit, which had been treated by several stakeholders as quasi-debt, is a potential significant value enhancement for shareholders, 
as we've materially reduced the overall risk profile of the company. Combined with improving and more consistent financial results, we'd expect our earnings multiple, which is still below that of American carriers despite the strong stock performance in 2013, and as a result, our stock price to further increase over time. The earnings multiple is a reflection of the risk profile of the company, as well as our own growth and earnings potential and consistency. The elimination of the deficit also provides much needed reassurance to uh, employees uh, because the defined benefit program is available to them in an age when uh, retirement security is such a major concern. We've been diligently and proactively uh, tackling uh, the, this particular puzzle over the last number of years and planning for this day. When it happened, uh, it happened a bit more quickly than we otherwise would have expected, but it's not as if we had awakened from a Rip Van Winkle slumber or indeed a drunken stupor to an unexpected surprise. We have been making significant payments to reduce the deficit, $225 million dollars per year last year. Secondly, apart from a higher interest rate, which translates into a more favorable discount rate, because the rate went from 3% to 3.9% over the year. Uh, in addition to that, we delivered uh, uh, top quartile uh, uh, performance on our, on our plan itself. Reduce leverage while lowering the overall cost of capital, and above all, increase your liquidity. Another task we faced was repairing our balance sheet. Our net debt has been reduced by $1.7 billion since 2009 through debt repayments and good old-fashioned uh, cost control that produced more free cash flow to repay debt. In addition, we used some innovative capital raising techniques. For example, last April, we became one of the first airlines outside the United States to raise aircraft-specific funding, $700 million worth, through Enhanced Equipment Trust Certificates, WETC. This WETC market uh, was not available previously for Canadian companies, uh, you know, given the, the laws that existed, and we were the first to, to jump on that. And later in the year, we refinanced our high-yield bonds in a $1.4 billion transaction that involved several alternative forms of debt. Through these financings, we were able to uh, raise substantial amounts on the same collateral pool of assets and reduced our overall cost of capital by about 30%, ending our third quarter with about $2.4 billion of liquidity. Take some risk and bring in some products or brands while optimizing your footprint. Another important uh, innovation was the launch last July of Air Canada Rouge, a lower-cost leisure airline wholly owned by Air Canada with a dedicated and very strong management team. It allows us to better compete on leisure routes where a premium mainline brand cannot profitably do so. Through modified work rules, lower labor costs, and aircraft reconfiguration, Rouge achieves unit cost savings of between 21 and 29% versus the same aircraft operating in our mainline fleet, a huge savings. We continue to grow Air Canada Rouge, including to new sun destinations just announced this month. And this summer, we'll be launching new Rouge routes to Europe from Toronto, and also Rouge operations will begin in Western Canada. As I said earlier, another uh, product initiative that allowed us to grow last year was our acquisition of five new Boeing 777 aircraft in a high-density configuration that are targeted for certain long-haul markets with higher leisure demand. This allows us to add capacity, i.e. seats, 
yet do so at a significantly lower incremental cost, thereby lowering our overall average seat cost. With these new aircraft, we also introduced a premium economy product, a third cabin between business and economy, which gives customers more choice in how they want to fly. We're very encouraged by both the positive customer response and especially by the very strong economic contribution of these uh, new 777s. We also launched a, a special SME product for small and medium enterprises that provides several advantages for companies that would not normally have access to uh, our corporate contracts. Um, and these are new products uh, that uh, will further strengthen our financial uh, performance. The upshot of all this and other measures is that in the most recent quarter, as uh, Gord mentioned, uh, our unit costs fell 3.4% uh, from the previous year. And this is a significant accomplishment recognizing the size and complexity of our legacy cost structure. Communicate and celebrate small and large progress on culture change with employees constantly. We've been holding town halls with uh, certain uh, employee groups to ensure that our strategy is clearly understood. As importantly, we're listening to their concerns so we can remove some roadblocks and enable them to do their jobs better with greater empowerment and decision-making capabilities. There are several indicators that we are uh, succeeding at this culture change initiative. In October, Air Canada was named one of Canada's top 100 employers, the only airline to make that list, out of an initial sampling of 75,000 employers. To me, it's telling that where we have historically received about 100 applications for every Air Canada job we fill, Air Canada Rouge has received 300 applications for each available flight attendant job. Since its creation last year, Rouge has garnered 16,000 applications for crew positions, a pretty good uh, indicator of desirability. Another indicator of culture change and the breaking down of silos is our airline's on-time performance for 2013. By working together, we had the by the third quarter of last year, improved our on-time performance by 20 percentage points. And while the recent uh, polar vortex has impacted OTP, the lessons learned from last year's uh, experiences have made us more resilient and increased our ability to recover from adverse circumstances. Participate in next-generation game-changing technology. Tech companies need to be cutting-edge and constantly operating in beta to succeed in the global arena. So must airlines. Anticipation is now building for our next great leap when we introduce our Boeing 787 Dreamliners into our fleet starting this spring. We have firm orders for 37 of these next-generation game-changing aircraft that will revolutionize the uh, customer experience. Further, because of their lighter weight, composite parts, and new electronics, they will achieve a 29% better operating efficiency than the older Boeing 767s that they replace. The first of these two new aircraft enter regular service in July, flying from Toronto, with one deployed to Tel Aviv. And we have the Canadian ambassador to Israel sitting at one of the tables to ensure that that is indeed a commitment. And the other dedicated to our new service to the very central Tokyo Haneda Airport. Complementing this will be the renewal of our fleet of smaller, narrow-body jets used in North America. In December, we announced the purchase of up to 109 new Boeing 737 MAX aircraft to replace our Airbus narrow-body fleet. Deliveries begin in 2017 and will give Air Canada one of the world's youngest, most fuel-efficient, and simplified fleets. 
We've also invested on the ground. Last month, our new state-of-the-art operations center became fully active. This uh, 60 million greenfield project located in the GTA incorporates cutting-edge technology that makes it one of the best operating centers anywhere in the world. 400 employees work there on a 24-7 basis using more than 500 computer screens connected by 300 kilometers of cable to keep an eye on and direct our entire network. Remporter un championnat ou deux sur la glace internationale. Win a championship or two on international ice surface. Par ailleurs, les nombreux prix récompensant notre service démontrent que nous sommes en train de renouveler notre engagement auprès des clients, ce qui était l'une de nos quatre priorités fondamentales. Par exemple, ce mois-ci, nous avons été élus le meilleur transporteur aérien long courrier des Amériques par AirlineRatings.com, un site web réputé pour les voyageurs internationaux. Air Canada est le seul transporteur réseau international quatre étoiles en Amérique du Nord, et ces quatre dernières années, notre entreprise a été nommée meilleur transporteur aérien en Amérique du Nord lors de la remise des World Airline Awards, the Skytrax. Now, some of you who fly hear this message constantly. Why is it that we repeat it? Partly because we're proud, partly because we're proud, but partly because once somebody actually says that, that actually elevates them, I believe, to a higher level of expectation and service, and, and it has been somewhat of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Be as nimble as an entrepreneur in an emerging market. I have the great privilege in my job of traveling around the world each year. I get to see interesting emerging markets such as Brazil, China, Ethiopia, South Africa, Turkey, Abu Dhabi, etc., where we either operate ourselves or have important code share or other partnerships. But two weeks, a week and a half ago, I just returned from Israel, having joined the Prime Minister's business delegation. And I can tell you that all of these emerging markets share three common traits, almost without exception. Speed, flexibility, and audacity, or I might say chutzpah. Developed, developed economic economies and legacy businesses have a lot to learn from the startup culture of these emerging markets. And developed economies should not wait to fail before implementing some of these lessons. It goes to selecting talent and empowering people to succeed, as we did with the Rouge leadership team. It goes to having regional and local expertise in the foreign countries and importing some of that international talent back home, as we've done with talent from Tokyo, London, and elsewhere. It also goes to the home country establishing an aviation policy that helps develop and grow markets and eliminates artificial barriers to success. And there are multiple barriers that need to be eliminated in Canadian aviation. In a World Economic Forum on uh, Travel and Tourism, Canada ranked in the top 10% with regards to air access, but ranked 136th out of 144 countries based on aviation rates and charges infrastructure. To give you an example, the federal government collected almost a billion dollars from the air traveler security charge, airport ground lease payments, and federal and provincial government excise taxes on jet fuel. Collectively, these charges are what gives Canada the unenviable 136th ranking. Situation is highly counterproductive as it makes the Canadian industry less competitive and travel more costly for consumers and businesses. More than 5 million Canadians a year, enough business to sustain a mid-size airport, travel to the U.S. for a flight. The Buffalo Airport openly boasts on its website that it served 2 million Canadians last year. Torontonians, who I gather intensely dislike it when Buffalo beats them at anything, 
should be outraged because this amounts to significant economic loss for the greater Toronto area. Another example of troubling airport policy is the Toronto Island Saga. This is a public facility built at public expense that has been handed over to a private operator who has over 85% of the slots. We have been repeatedly rebuffed in our numerous attempts to expand service at the airport, something we encounter nowhere else in this country or indeed the world. In fact, most airports aggressively lobby us to increase service. In the case of Billy Bishop, our customers have repeatedly asked us, when will you fly to Ottawa? When will you fly to New York? And the answer is that we will do so the moment the TPA ends Porter's virtual monopoly and the island airport is truly open to competition. We view the current discussions of jets at the island as somewhat of a secondary issue, one that the authorities at all levels need to take adequate time to study rather than be rushed into some form of precipitous and arguably dangerous decision-making process. As I've said previously, I view the island as a good commuter facility for short-haul flights that is well-served by turboprop aircraft, such as the Bombardier Q400s. I am in favor of measured growth at the island that respects the tripartite agreement understandings and the delicate ecosystem compromises that have been made with the community, provided Air Canada and other competitors have proper and fair access as exists at every other airport in the country. This is not someone's private sandbox, and it cannot be allowed to become one. This is a proposal that needs sober thought. Hundreds of millions of Toronto tax dollars are involved to benefit primarily one private sector company, and hundreds of millions more are at risk by rushing expansion without proper study. Other airlines, such as Air Canada, which is one of the biggest contributors to Toronto's economy, have views. The community and nearby residents have views. Therefore, I fully support the prudent recommendations of city staff to take the time to study this properly and deal with complex issues around a public asset and public infrastructure spending in the context of all stakeholders, regardless of any artificial deadlines tied to municipal elections or otherwise. Another impediment to be addressed is easing Canadian visa restrictions to facilitate travel, at least for those emerging markets where a bilateral air transport agreement is already in place. These are markets such as our NAFTA partner Mexico and other Latin American countries like Brazil and Chile that offer true bilateral traffic and trade opportunities. Measures such as these will ensure the Canadian airline industry remains competitive, strong, and able to support jobs for tens of thousands of Canadians across the country. To be a globally uh, high-performance organization, globally motivated high-performance organization, you also need to be audacious. Our intention, somewhat immodestly stated, is to transform Air Canada into an international powerhouse for global traffic, connecting over our Canadian hubs. This entails uh, playing to our numerous strengths that I was referencing earlier to build on our position as one of the world's leading international carriers and leveraging our Toronto Pearson hub as well as those in Montreal, Calgary and Vancouver. The International Air Transport Association uh, recently projected that international passenger numbers will rise 25% from 1.2 billion in 2012 to 1.5 billion in 2017. This represents a compound annual growth of about 4.6%, well above the rate expected within North America itself. So we aim to capture our fair share, and more of this fast-growing international market. While we operate hubs at Montreal, Calgary, and Vancouver, Toronto is undoubtedly our largest and 
most important hub, and it is Toronto that will play the decisive role in helping to realize our international powerhouse ambitions. Lying near the center of North America, Toronto is already an important pivot point, particularly for US-bound and originating customers transiting between domestic, transborder, and international flights. For example, think of someone traveling from Boston to China who has a choice of New York or Chicago, Los Angeles or Toronto. We want them to understand Toronto is the fastest, easiest way, and our product is the best. We've seen 21% growth in so-called Six Freedom traffic at Pearson, and we expect this growth to continue as we bring in new aircraft, introduce new products, and start new international routes. There's still tremendous potential upside. For example, Air Canada currently has only a 0.3% share of traffic between the U.S. and international destinations of Europe and Asia. And if we could grow that to, say, 1.5%, that represents 1.1 million passengers or $400 million in revenue. Connecting traffic is the lifeblood of international carriers. And uh, drawing it through global hubs is a proven model for success. Take, for example, Amsterdam Schiphol. Holland is a country of 17 million people, but 51 million travelers go through Schiphol each year because of its convenient design and location. Direct comparison is admittedly difficult given the geographic uh, and other differences, but if Pearson could achieve a portion of that, Schiphol-like ratios, uh, it would translate into 100 million passengers, nearly triple the current, uh, the current number. Achieving our goal of building a global hub depends on our ability to attract global traffic by offering an attractive schedule and service, which is why so much of our growth has been centered on Toronto. In each of the past five years, we've increased capacity at Toronto, and since 2009, it has grown 21%, well in excess of GDP growth that normally dictates airline capacity. And through Air Canada and now Rouge, you've seen many new destinations from Toronto, including uh, Copenhagen, Manchester, Edinburgh, Lisbon, Barcelona, Milan, Nice, Athens, Istanbul, and Toronto, Haneda. We've been putting our money where our mouth is on this uh, point. Moreover, there's uh, been a significant capacity increase on certain existing routes, particularly across the Pacific, which has seen a 44% increase, notably to China. So we're doing our part in investing billions of dollars in aircraft, products, routes, and services focused around Toronto, but we rely on having the proper infrastructure to compete with other global hubs. I have already mentioned the government policy framework, but there are no doubt other significant opportunities to improve operational performance. On the ground at Pearson, particularly in light of the recent experiences with extreme weather events, and we look forward to concrete proposals from the GTAA and its board on how it will deal with such events in the future. While it would be nirvana for our main hub to be in a location of temperate weather, such as, say, Arizona, New Mexico, or Texas, without winters, the fact is we are where we are. Toronto is not moving anytime soon, and so we need to ensure that the average is over mantra applies to Pearson as well if it is to achieve our aspirations for a global gateway. Nonetheless, there, have been some, uh, there has been some good progress on some fronts, uh, beginning with the uh, completion of the new pier at Pearson in 2007. Air Canada was for the first time able to bring all its operations under one roof. Among other things, this made it feasible for us to develop and promote Toronto as a place for passengers to connect between U.S. and international flights. And since then, there have been other steps to improve customer flows through Pearson. A new baggage process uh, saves U.S.-bound customers the hassle of having to collect their bags for U.S. customs preclearance. 
And another launch more recently was the introduction of automated passport control, which is expected to reduce wait times by more than a third. And, you know, factors such as these, they sound minor, but they are big drivers of uh, distinguishing whether Pearson wins or it's New York, Chicago, or some other gateway. Last year, we also reached an agreement with the GTAA that will allow us to uh, more cost-effectively grow traffic at the airport. And our view is that the uh, home carrier uh, needs to be investing in the airport, and the airport needs to be investing in the home carrier. And so we, we now have an uh, uh, incentive to grow and not uh, view Toronto as a uh, secondary operation. So conclusion, 2013 was really a great year in which we demonstrated what Air Canada is truly capable of uh, being, an award-winning, sustainably profitable global company, a leader and innovator in aviation that stresses safety first and last and produces top quartile operational performance, a bilingual employer of choice that hires, trains, and retains the best, offering great working conditions and secure pensions while eliminating complacency and entitlement. A desirable investment that investors recognize as being capable of consistently delivering value. A customer-centric company that takes risks in new markets and with new products while rapidly responding to increased competition in its existing markets, outshining both domestic and international competition. A global enterprise operating in 175 cities on five continents that is nonetheless adequately nimble and adaptable to continue to expand. An impactful leader in corporate sustainability that makes a real difference in the lives and environments of its target stakeholders. In short, a high-performance organization that is a leading brand ambassador for both Canada and uh, commercial aviation generally. Now, it would be great if we could simply spike the ball and celebrate victory after ending 2013 as if we were the Seattle Seahawks at last uh, Sunday's Super Bowl. But, of course, companies that uh, aspire to be high-performance organizations can't do that. So let me assure you that for 2014, Air Canada won't rest on its 2013 laurels. Despite the curveballs or even occasional knuckleballs that Mother Nature, the polar vortex, a weak Canadian dollar, or other imponderables throw our way, we fully intend to keep the momentum going and produce uh, both results and prosperity for our various stakeholders and for the Canadian economy writ large. Je vous remercie de votre attention et surtout de votre soutien. Thank you for your attention, and above all, please uh, keep flying as regularly and frequently as possible. Merci beaucoup. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, thank you Dan. We've got uh, time for two quick questions. Uh, the first is, what new routes can we expect you to start up from Toronto when, you, when all your 787s are in service? Well, you know, we, the, the nice thing about the 787 is that it uh, provides opportunities to go to uh, destinations that would not otherwise have been capable of being envisioned. So, for example, India is a big market that people always talk to us about, uh, and the yields on, on India uh, really are could never work with the kind of aircraft we've had in the past. And so you could envisage uh, India over time. You could envisage uh, secondary uh, markets in China beyond uh, Shanghai and uh, Beijing. 
so I'd say that there are a series of, when you look at the uh, population base of, of uh, places in India and, and other parts of Asia, uh, we're scratching the surface right now because our choice of aircraft right now is limited to the 777. So if you try to put a 777 on those markets, you'd lose your shirt because you just couldn't, uh, they were too big an airplane. So the 787 is the perfect sized airplane at a lower unit cost, at a lower fuel burning cost that can make those kinds of markets. And one last question. How important are your regional airline partners to enable Air Canada to put forth a competitive footprint, both domestically and internationally? Now, that sounds like a planted question because we have several of our regional airline partners in the room. But, <laughs> but I will say that the, you know, for us, our, you know, without, uh, without uh, overstating it, uh, our regional partners are critical. And, and it, goes to, uh, it goes to three factors. One, one is the, the, the footprint that we have could not possibly be covered adequately uh, by ourselves because we couldn't take the airplanes of the size that we have and go into some of these smaller markets. Having regional partners that give us that uh, breadth uh, is extremely important to the hub concept because that's how you're getting people to come from the regions. Secondly, as we know, our major competitor in Canada has now launched its own uh, uh, regional operation with uh, regional aircraft. And I think while that will be a challenge for us, that's a great challenge for us to have because that'll make us more competitive and in turn make our regional partners more competitive. We have to have a, a system that has the cost structure of our regional lift being no higher than the cost of the regional lift of our, uh, of, of our main competitor. So uh, they are extremely important to our strategy. Uh, we've been evolving it uh, over the last uh, several years. We have uh, three very important regional partners in, in Jazz, Sky Regional, and Air Georgian. Uh, and uh, we fully intend to work with all three to further develop that. Thank you. I'd like to uh, call upon Jamie Watt, past president of the club, to uh, say a few words. You know, I was disappointed my question didn't get asked, especially when I was replaced by a planted one. I wanted to ask our guest today how, uh, given his views on our mayor, and uh, how he squares that with his comment that we need sober thought on the Billy Bishop Airport. <laughs> we'll leave that question unanswered. Kaelin, the club here gets, is very lucky, and we get a chance to hear from chief executive officers all the time. We, we hear from CEOs who have transformed their companies. Uh, we hear from CEOs who manage them on a day-to-day -day basis, and we hear from CEOs who secure their futures. I don't think we've heard before from a CEO who has transformed his company with the courage and conviction that you have in innovation, who's managed with discipline and focus, and who secured your company's future with foresight and vision. For doing that, for strengthening our national flag carrier in such an innovative and enduring way, and for your remarks today at lunch, you have our thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, Jamie, and let me echo Jamie's words. Um, Kaelin, to keep with all the sports metaphors, we would like to see a hat-trick from you. This is your second time at the Canadian Club of Toronto's podium, and we'd like to see you back for a third in the near future. Uh, thank you once again for AMIA for their uh, sponsorship and uh, making today's event possible. This concludes our television programming for today, which will be broadcast on Rogers TV in the days to come. We're grateful for, to Rogers TV for their continued promotion of Canadian Club events. To learn more about the club and our upcoming events, please visit our website at canadianclub.org. Thank you for being with us. This meeting is now adjourned. <laughs>